listening to PetLifeRadio.com. everybody my name is Brent Atwater I'm the animal medium and this is our pet life radio show we welcome you today and we're going to have a very interesting subject you know when pets die there is also a lot of pain and grief and guilt but one of the things that people have sometimes is just I don't give a expletive anger And anger is what we're going to explore today, and we're going to show you and give you techniques of how to shape-shift the anger over losing your pet. Because when you have anger, it's like a sparkler going, and it makes your energy all frazzled and frayed and electric and stabby. And for those of you who want signs from your pet, they can't come to you as easily or as readily as when you're laid back and even crying. They can come to you when you're in a softer energy frame. So we're hoping that if you have anger over your pet's death, that we can help you shapeshift and transform it. Now, who's we, you say? Well, I have Frankie Johnson, who is a professional bereavement counselor, and she is one of the fabulous people in our group, so if you need to talk to anybody about grief, Frankie's your lady. We have Christine today who's going to teach you how to take grief when you're really angry and change it to just hurt and a soft hurt because you're going to have pain. That's a normal human thing. And then we have Lisa who's going to teach us how to take anger and turn it into stars that are eternal and forever and do something good for the pet community. So hang tight with us. Keep your fingers crossed that we all get this that gives you enough information that you'll have all the tools you need. And if you don't, come on over to our Facebook group and you can get more tools over there. And with that, we're going to have a word from our sponsor and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Do you know that moment when your dirty dog's about to jump in your nice, clean car? You can avoid all the cleanup and mess with a 4K9 seat cover. 4K9s makes heavy-duty seat covers and cargo liners that will blend seamlessly with the interior of your vehicle. You can find us at 4K9s.com, that's the number 4, K-N-I-N-E-S.com, or on Amazon.com. 4K9s makes nothing but the best for your best friend. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back. And get that pencil out so you can write down and listen to what's going on. Because did you know that there are really five stages of grief? Maybe even a few more. And we're going to let Frankie tell us about that now. Because what we want you to do is to move forward through them in a time frame that's comfortable for you. But being the radio host, I'm going to try and do the little engine that could. I think you can. I think you can. I think you can. I know you can. I know you can. I know you can. And push you through, hopefully. Now, not disrespectfully push you through. But I want you to, if you can, shapeshift that grief so that you can hear your pet on the other side and you can talk to your pet and you can see your pet. And a lot of people who don't believe in this going, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going there. No. Hey, just consider it. 
go over to our YouTube videos. We got a bunch of them. Or listen to our archives. Or come ask your questions in our group. But you know, energy just changes form. And once your pet discards its fursuit, it transitions into all there is in sparkler form. So when you're having all that anger and that angst and everything like that, you're having it for yourself. Your pet's sitting there going, you know, I wish mom would like get up on this and uh, come on down and uh, let's start talking and let's see signs and let's happen. So Frankie, tell us the stages of grief and how people can assuage from one to the other and hopefully progress so that they can feel and see and talk to their pets. Okay. Yeah, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross did the five stages of grief, and but there are several other beliefs about that. And I like to call them, rather than stages, they're just, they're things that you go through because you go back and forth through them. You don't really go through them in any order. And you can come back and forth and you can get stuck in one and you would think, I thought I already dealt with this. But sometimes you go in and out. According to Kubler-Ross model, it's denial stage. In the beginning, you try to avoid the inevitable. Now, Anger- can I add something there that you did that taught me so much? You even taught us that there was such a thing as anticipatory grief while you were watching a dog that had passed away. And Christine is a end-of-stage life pet person, and that's her specialty. And so for her clients that are listening, tell us about that anticipatory grief, which I just didn't even know existed, but is also prior to all the stages that you're even listing. Mm-hmm. You go through all the stages while the pet is still alive. Really? You you are denying it. You're denying it's going to happen. You're trying to avoid the inevitable. Really? The anger is the next stage. You're angry because, you know, the part of you knows it's going to happen. And you do the bargaining. If I do this, God, if I do this, can I keep my pet? I'll do anything. Just let me know what to do. You're already going through depression because you are feeling the loss of the pet knowing that the pet is going to transition. And then the acceptance stage usually isn't part of that. That would come after the transitioning because that's finally finding your way forward through it. But the anticipatory grief, you go through all those different things before your your pet actually transitions. Um, Now, when you have the anger stage, what is what you would call anger versus guilt? versus actual grief because that's such a fine line and people go well I feel so guilty about this and folks there is loads of our YouTube videos on that and check back in our archives here we have um, some wonderful podcasts on that and we also have them about guilt and specific grief tools so what is that fine line between those three okay I am of the belief from what I've experienced, read, and researched, that anger is not an emotion. Anger is a product of an emotion. It's a feeling. It's a product of your feelings. Feelings are masked by anger. It's easier to feel anger than it is to feel your feelings. So what you're saying, it'd be easier for me to stomp around and say, my neighbor killed my dog. I hate the fact that he killed my dog, rather than saying, oh, my heart is breaking because Fluffy is gone. And right. because but you have to don't I have the feeling. right to have that anger if they killed my dog? You have that right, and it is healthy. I mean, if we start back at the beginning of what anger is, I'll go back to that in a minute. Yes, you have that right, and you need to work through whatever level of anger you have. 
but it's just masking the feeling. Okay, so you're telling me that it's okay, you're saying it's okay if I have anger in a situation like that, but I need to take that anger and work through to get down to the feelings underneath? Yes. What we do is if we remain in anger, that is protecting us from feeling. Oh, so it's like a shield. Yes. Guilt is just anger at yourself. Really? It's a feeling, yes. I mean, the feelings that are masked by anger, you can feel abandoned, you can feel hurt, you can feel betrayed. You can feel panicked, a loss of support, a loss of companionship, the fear of living without them. Those are all feelings, and you can mask all those feelings by anger. And that anger is lashing out at everybody? I mean, is anger always lashing out or is just walking around with a pissy attitude? It's walking around with a pissy attitude, too. It's because if you suppress that anger, if you hold on to that anger and don't explore your feelings, it will come out. At odd times, you could be in a restaurant waiting for something and, you know, the waitress does something or your food is late. And instead of having a, a normal reaction or natural reaction, that anger will come out. So I can say, where the hell's my wine? Or where's, why didn't you have my order on time? Or these french fries are boring. Right. It, it's and that could be just because I'm mad that the neighbor killed my cat? Mm-hmm. Wow. And it can accompany you everywhere you go. It influences uh, everything you do. That's what I was going to ask. Do. It's an underlying... So it could permeate everything. Yes, it can. It can. What it is is when you go through the denial in the beginning, we usually do that, and then they say anger is next, but but it's an outpouring of bottled up grief because you've bottled it, you've denied it. So then the next thing would be is the anger because it wants to come out. Sometimes it can seem uncontrollable. Like I said, it can come out really sudden at odd times, and you don't even know where it comes from. So that would be like when you're a snapping turtle about stuff, or you just don't, mm-hmm. you just don't, you don't care. You're just snapping at everybody's because I haven't addressed the fact that I'm really missing my pet that terribly. Right, right. You're stuffing it, and we can hang on to anger. Anger has payoffs. I mean, it does. It covers up our feelings, our fear, guilt, longing, frustration, hopelessness. It covers all that up because in the beginning, it's easier to feel the anger and kind of cover that up before we deal with it. Our brain's amazing. It gives us what we can handle. So that's why we go through this stage early on because we really can't handle exploring our feelings right in the beginning. It helps us block out reality or circumstances of the loss. Really? Um, yeah, we, we don't want to face the reality of it, so we become angry, like we're angry at the vet or we're angry at the person or angry at the, the sudden trauma that happened because we don't want to face that. That I really, that our guts are just splattered all over everything. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And hanging on to the anger in a strange way helps you hang on to the loved one, to your pet, because when you're angry, you're feeling something. So you're, oh, yeah. you're okay. Kind of so you're exchanging that love feel for basically a hate, anger, and everything. Like I don't give a rat's mm-hmm about mm-hmm. this, and I don't give a mm-hmm about this, and I don't care about that. And it's all by having that you're experiencing a sensation of an emotionalism when really you should be, or you not should, never should, but really you would normally be just crying your heart out, sitting in the basement, rocking, holding your knees. Right. Right. And anger does permit us to experience. A sense of control also. Really? How does it, now, to me, anger is out of control. So how does it give you control? Well, instead of feeling helpless, you are feeling, you are doing something with your feelings. You don't want to feel that helplessness. So you're doing something with those feelings. It gives you a type of personal power to go into anger. So you are feeling something and then that's something you can control. 
Oh, I see. So, like, if somebody's a bully or it's like, yo, bro, I'm in charge of this and this is this, this, and you're going into all that with just that fire, it's really because that anger is giving you a false sense of power of being able to handle a situation that your heart is really sad and upset about. Yes. Yes. Wow. It's kind of like loss is like falling. When you lose something, someone, your pet, it's like falling into a pit, like you fall into this pit. And anger is an important tool of helping us climb out of that pit. Like if you picture a ladder rung by rung, little by little, we gain more control over our vulnerability when we express anger. When it comes out, we feel control. So, okay, then you feel that, and then the next time you feel a little more control. And when you lash out or you get angry, you almost feel justified in that, which equals yeah, the feeling wow. of control. So, How long is it healthy to have anger? It's different for everyone, but short-term anger is very normal and very healthy as long as you don't... Yeah, well, wait, wait, wait. What's short-term? For some people, that's three years. Other people, it's a lifetime. Well, I wouldn't say three years would be short-term. If you find yourself being angry, gosh, I hate to put a timeline on it, but I'm going to say months and months, okay. you probably should find someone to talk to about it, like a professional, to see why you're stuck there. Because anger, it's like a form of flight from reality. You're okay. not dealing with it. So if somebody has had a pet, a dog, cat, ferret, fish, doesn't matter, that that has passed away and they're like, you know, they passed away at Christmas and this is summertime and they're still having anger over it, then that's sort of a sign that we need to know that maybe they ought to look at expressing their feelings and get some help doing that? Yes, yes. Or, I mean, this day and age, there's so much on the internet. You can go on and there's a lot of things about how to journal about it, how to work through it on your own at home. And if you can't, then you need to get some help. Wow. And, of Um, course, they can always come to our Facebook group and talk to you and all of our other folks over there who've been through the very same thing. And we can all help you and want to help you uh, shapeshift your heart and shapeshift the anger so that it becomes something that you can deal with and then hopefully embrace and then we even hope to go further to inspire you to an acceptance where then you can talk to and see and feel and be aware of the living energy that your pet is on the other side. So with this, I think what we'll do is take a quick little break for our sponsors and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. You're back. Yep. Today we're dealing with anger, and we don't want you snapping at somebody. Do you know that if your pet passes, you even can snap at your other pets? I mean, there's no reason to yell at Bambi just because Fluffy passed away. But that's something you need to check on because when you're angry and it's explosive anger, even though Frankie has given us some tools and get your pencil ready because she's going to give us some more tools, be very careful about taking it out on your other pets or taking it out on your family members, especially if somebody you knows, you know, like we had on the news the other day, there was someone who burned their girlfriend's dog because they were angry and they said, well, it's just a dog. Well, if you have anybody say to you, it's just a pet, well, I think that's going to ignite anger in any of us who are animal lovers. But if that occurs, just say, God bless your negative energy. I do not accept your premise and move on. Just say, God bless your negative energy. I do not accept your opinion and just move on because they haven't had the opportunity to experience the unconditional love that you have. But rather than lashing out at them, just feel sorry for them in a way because they've never tasted what you've tasted. And that in itself is worth every bit of all the feelings you're having, although they might be packed in a package that we could, you know, shapeshift a little bit. So let's get our pencil out, and Frankie's going to give you some ways to help shapeshift that anger package so we can move into another level. Okay. Well, anger rescues us from shock and numbness. Like, it, we feel alive again when we're angry. We come out of that shock and numbness. But it's also a residual of the fight-flight response. So we need to work with our physical body also to release some of the anger, moving, sleeping, eating well, tribal sleep. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. This sleeping well ain't going to get it. I've been crying all night long for the past five days because Fluffy passed away and you're trying to tell me how to change the sleep. I'm mad because I can't sleep in addition to being mad about my pet being gone. It's something to think about and work to, well, just to know that that's important. That if you're well, not sleeping well, how do you do Well, that is different for everyone. Journaling is a great way to release your feelings before you actually go to bed. You mean like um, writing a letter to my pet? Writing a letter to your pet. And one of the things I even have here is writing a letter to your anger. And really? in writing a letter to your anger, you will probably find out the feelings underneath it. Ooh, say and that again. Everybody sharpen your pencil and write that down. Say that again, please. When you are writing a letter to your anger, you yeah. will most likely figure out the feelings that are underneath that anger, that you're masking. Those help you break down. If you actually feel a feeling, it's a sigh. It's a relief. It helps you break down. Okay. It helps you understand the anger. So that's a kind of a release if you can do that. And just, I mean, there are other things to do. I wouldn't do these before you go to bed, but during the day, the tribal scream. I, I mean, when my bear man transitioned, I took a pillow and put it over my face, and I screamed until my, I mean, from my gut out. People have done this from ancient times. The tribal scream, it gets it out of your body. Hit pillows, run until you drop. There's such a thing as drawing angry pictures. Take your hand, just scribble and draw angry pictures. Another way is recording your voice when you're angry, and then listening to yourself, how you sound when you're angry, and thinking, hmm, it just kind of, it hits something in you. And you could ask questions like, what would I feel if I could choose not to be angry? Oh, now that's a good one. 
If I could choose not to be angry, what would I feel? Then experience the feeling. And if if you say, I feel hurt or I feel betrayed, I feel I'm afraid. Um, And then you would think about why am I feeling this and what is it getting me? We don't do anything unless we get something from it. So you're saying even if I'm angry about my pet dying, there's still a benefit to being angry. But the benefit is more to masking me than to the people that have to get hit with it. Yes. And if you can turn it around into a benefit and know that underneath that is feelings that need explored, then that is a wonderful, it's a tool. Anger is a tool to use to get through grief. You know there's feelings going on. You just need to figure out what those feelings are. And then you find out what you're trying to accomplish with your anger. Well, we have a story at the end of the coming up at the end of this show that's going to tell you how Miss Lisa took some of her anger and misgivings about life and has made something that we will all just be so glad that she added this to the earth and for into perpetuity forever and ever and ever. So stay tuned. Let's listen to our sponsor one more time and we'll be back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Calling all pet product manufacturers and pet experts. Let the public relations and marketing professionals at Whitegate PR get you featured in the news. I'm Dana Humphrey at Whitegate PR, and we have been specializing in pet product PR for over 10 years and can get your brand featured in the media from TV to radio to print to blogs. You can find out more at www.whitegatepr.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I am learning a whole bunch about anger that I didn't know. And I didn't even know that there were techniques, I mean actual techniques to transform and shapeshift your anger and that you can research them online. And I think it's really important to do that because staying in anger is really going to keep you from connecting with your pet on the other side. And so if you really want to be a part of connecting to your pet, I think it's really a good suggestion for you to touch base with yourself and touch base with the anger and then hopefully transform it so you can move forward. And we're going to ask Frankie to give you a sort of a little summation of what we've covered. And so you'll have little notes to write it down or ideas about, you know, journaling for yourself, writing a letter to your anger and all sorts of things. And then we're going to talk to Christine, who chose to experience hurt instead of being angry. So, Frankie, if you'll give us a little summary of what we all can take and write on a sticky note and put it on our refrigerator door to remember, um, we'd appreciate it. All right. Anger, I just anger is an important part of grieving and mourning. So it's, okay. it's perfectly natural to do it. That's very important. You need to go through it. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You need to go through it. It's, but it's how long will you allow the anger? Because if you're choosing to be a victim of your own emotion then. So choose how to use the energy of the anger. How can you safely dissipate that energy of anger? And that changes your mindset into exploring or being curious about how to move forward rather than staying stuck. 
Wow. Well, we certainly appreciate you participating today and giving us all those tools. And if you want to talk to Frankie, come on over to our Facebook group. She's there and she's available for professional counseling. And uh, we sincerely appreciate her dedication to helping everyone move forward in life and taking their emotions and having a healthy, balanced following. So now we're going to move to Christine and she's going to tell she has this real fab dog named Winnie that was a part of her life and taught her a whole lot about life. When Winnie passed away, Christine chose to focus on dealing with hurt and the warm and fuzzies and the good lessons that Winnie contributed to her life rather than being angry. So tell us about that, Christine, and thank you so much for being on our show. Um, yes, I will at least um, say, Winnie, that it was um, tr- she transitioned February 6th of this year, so it's been about four and a half months. That's the still close week, and personal. Yes, it is. I did not really have anger, and there are three reasons why I feel I chose the hurt over the anger is she was at an older age of almost 17 years old, and I'll, I'll go in detail of all these in a moment, and the second reason is that I did everything that I felt humanly possible, and I'll get into those in a moment, and the third reason is all the lessons I learned, but even during it, I already was realizing I was learning and soul growth. So the first one is, yes, she lived a very long, full, beautiful life. And even though she was getting very sick near her last seven or eight months and needed 24-7 care, I made sure she enjoyed each day somehow. I cared for her pretty much full time. And so I, I chose more of the sad. Of course, you have the emptiness feeling, the heavy heart. You feel lost, lonely. There's a huge void of having her 16 years. It's very hard to talk about. <laughs> well, we I appreciate do. and admire your vulnerability and candor on sharing with us because there are a lot of people out there who are listening who have just gone through what you have gone through. And by you sharing with us, it will allow mm-hmm. those people to get through another day by listening to this yeah. podcast, what you're doing. So, yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. The the first two weeks, of course, were the hardest. And I was I just had family and friends during that. And after that point is when I branched off and looked into, I was hearing, having signs and hearing things and sensing Winnie, looking into what, you know, is this real? What's going on? And of course, it's very real. And that is when I got onto your pet loss site. And then, of course, then within a month or so, you get the book. And then I've now done a reading with you. And between all those three is why at four and a half months later, I can get up every day and feel happy and accept that she's a living energy and um, accept that her physical fursuit is gone, but I understand much more at this point. And don't you think that understanding is one of the things that if you understand why a pet has transitioned, then you have a greater grasp and less anger? Yes, definitely. Right, right. Definitely. But I was going to go back to the reasons I I did choose. I actually did not, I don't even know if once I really had anger because of these three things of her age and knowing I did everything of, not that I have to go in huge detail, but to prolong her life. I did everything from medicines of um, six different kinds of medicines. We did water syringes if she didn't drink water. I had to make special foods, 24-7 care, going to the vet. We think we went to the vet about every week for, for shots. I did one or two times a month blood work to compare panels. So when you know you have done everything possible, it is easier to accept also. And when you realize how much the dog or cat, whatever animal you've had in your life, has given you lessons that they had a purpose, all that helps you accept it better. And do you think by the lessons that Winnie taught you that that created less anger in your life and more thankfulness and gratitude? Yes, that's what I was going to get into. I, I feel blessed to have had her. 
I appreciate what I learned and was very grateful, have gratitude for having also, I feel blessed also for her age. I have so many friends and people I know that have lost dogs at such a young age and that makes, I could see how someone can be very angry and not just sad, but I feel like fortunate to have had her from a large part of my life and um, not everybody gets that. Well, but in a way, I would wonder if that would make you even more angry because you felt more shortchanged because you had her longer. You know what I mean? You had a, a stronger bond there yeah. to, to take away. It, I think it makes it harder because you have a longer bond in that the void is you don't hardly know a life without her because of how long you've had her. But also, she being an, uh, a larger dog lived to be almost 17. That's rare usually to, I feel like I had an extra several years. So I look at it that way. So what would be your advice to people listening today who are trying to transgress around this anger issue? They would like to feel more grateful and look at lessons than, you know, like you have rather than just not being able to. How would you suggest since you care for end of life patient dogs, how would you suggest to those that you're caring for their pet parents? What would you say to them to prepare them so when the time comes that they can literally have as little anger as possible and move into the joy of goodness for the life that they've celebrated with their pet and can have with a connection always? Um, that's a difficult question. <laughs> that's my job. Yes, I know it. <laughs> also, you need support. I mean, I think without your um, Facebook site and the books and having friends and family supporting, I think that's really important to have people that can relate to pets being a family member. Like that's something important to surround yourself with that you're going to need that. So no negative people out there going, it's just a dog. Right. To me, not have them in your circle of friends. I don't really think that's awful, but at least at that time, because you need really supportive people that understand and accept that a pet is a family member. And um, I feel that your Facebook site is what saved me because I got on it about two weeks after winning transition and it helped me understand and it's a very supportive caring group besides just family and friends it's even deeper because every one of them has been through losing a pet and understand and know how to help and now I'm on the other end helping the new ones coming in and that's what's so wonderful about your site is and we can do but does, it, does that also give you insight the more you help people doesn't yes. it give you insight to as to more goodness that Winnie gave you yes I feel that that was one of our purposes is, is I had, um, and, and I have done a reading with you, and we've had training 101 with Lenny. So I, I feel like very strongly and passionately that that is what I am to move to do and not just do pet sitting and dog walking, but help the older animals and the geriatric or sick animals that I just want to, I cannot help Lenny anymore and physically, and I would like to pass it on and keep helping others that are here that need it. And I think that that was, you know, like we discussed, I think that's part of her purpose with you, too. Is, and, yeah, and, and, um, and just continue on the site and help and help new people or friends I know personally that go through it to be that support group or, or really like a pay it forward that we yeah. learn, but then you just keep doing it for the next. And I think when you do that, it takes the, even if you have angst in your heart, the more you talk about it, like Frankie suggested, it exposes more of what you feel so that you Mm -hmm. can discuss it with other people, which then in turn heals your feelings and helps somebody else move forward, which in turn gives you a rotating view of the lessons that the healing and the animal has created in your life. And it takes that love that you had with your pet 
and it makes it more permeating and all pervasive to all those that know you because, and I'm going to probably cry here, so Winnie made you a better person and you helping other people is carrying the love that Winnie had forward. Yes, I learned a lot from her in her living days, uh, in her physical life, and since almost equally. <laughs> um, I even had, have a list that I have printed out that I look at often. It just That would maybe be something else that someone could add is, is maybe like um, even earlier about writing things out is, is lessons you've learned or just think of also the good, all the good memories and not just maybe their end. And um, I didn't want to focus just on Winnie, her last seven or eight months meeting on that. Carrie, you have to think of her entire lifespan of wonderful times and what they gave you or if you have whoever's in your family, what that animal, cat, dog, bird, horse, whichever it is, what it has done for you or your family. I think that's a good idea. And, you know, you can always take that list. And when you're in your first stage of grief, you can take mm-hmm. that list and put it up on the refrigerator and literally make yourself, you know, those calendars where you can write on a daily thing and, and make a daily. This is what I learned from my dog. This is what joyous she did for me. Or this is how and do a, a happy calendar from the mm-hmm. happy memories that you shared rather than if it you only do it for a minute and you cry the rest of the day. It's perfectly okay mm-hmm. to cry the rest of the day, but that one minute you put it up there, about the time you get to like the th- second week or third week, you start going, wow, look mm-hmm. at it, all the good. And that's good grief when you start it doing that- it that way. When the list shifts from being OMG into good grief, mm-hmm. then you're coming forward. And then you'll start being able to have signs and symbols and interfacing with your living energy pet on the other side. And that way, and again, for those of you who are going, I don't think so, hey, just consider it. We're not saying you have to embrace it. Just consider it. So I think that that's an important thing like you did, that list you made. Because then you can always look at it and say, why did I love Winnie so much? Why do I love Winnie so much? How can I take that love and spread it forth like seeds and plant it so it's everlasting? Yes, I'm there. I have her, I have lessons I've taught and learned from my dog, Winnie. I have it out in front of me even, and there's probably close to 20 things. And actually, it's something I've added. I've probably added three or four things since the first date of sitting down doing it. And that's something, too, is you can think of, of new things. Well, um, I think that does make you think of new things because you think, well, mm-hmm. that can't be all after 17 right, years worth. Right. 16 years worth has to be more than 20 things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So if you were um, to sum up, I think that's one of the things that's great is to make a list because it's just like you said, you just can't look at that and go, oh, and there's got to be more than that. Yeah, you definitely need to look at the, the lessons learned or, or taught from your pet, which I did for Winnie, living and and afterlife. And there's at least four or five cents. And that was what I, I can add is I have not been someone that really had a lot of signs and messages from living energy and the next day after Winnie, I definitely had some, and I can name a few. I've had a lot, probably 50 times, if not more, of her jingle collar in the hall, and it's very distinct and clear. There's no doubt that it isn't her her jingle collar she wore. I see faces of her in the clouds. I've seen um, coins, a cardinal, um, which we've discussed in a reading. Um, yeah. Cardinals, I feel, is, is a part of her. They, they follow me. They find me. I've had dreams and visitations. I've heard um, her breathing. And just alone feeling the presence, which is a sign in itself. Just you feel it. You feel it in your heart. And you know they're near. I love this. I think that I just... And that all occurred once you started being positive. Yes, after. And so I've I've learned about how, you know, you can... The things unseen, you know, you don't have to see everything, but you can believe in the unseen. 
just lots of things I've learned since. Definite signs of, of her that there's no doubt. Well, what's, what you're really saying is she changed your life while she was living, and she's now expanded your mind and educated you even yeah. further when she's her first she's is. Still, yeah, okay. she's still impacting my life even in the afterlife. So she does not have to be here physically to me to be here for me. She's going to be here until the end, until I'm a spirit form, energy form, and she's going to help me each day when I help other animals or people through their loss. She's going to be there doing it with me. She's like my, my spirit guide and my support team. I think that that is where a lot of people will come to a place they will end up being once they can be comfortable with the transition from the living spirit out of the fursuit into a living energy. And um, I really appreciate you sharing all that with us today because I think that Winnie is going to do a great contribution from many, 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 many years to come or for the rest of your life, as you said. And I'm grateful that you took your time today to join us. Now, we're going to do one more break after we ask Christina to sum up what she and Winnie would like to tell us about not having anger, but taking the living energy and the experience of death, taking the love that Winnie gave you and the lessons she taught them and using those to make a better place for others as you go forward in life. And that way, when it keeps Winnie still alive and living. Right. And her influence is not a dead influence. It's an ongoing and living influence. That's how I'm seeing it. Well, again, thank you so very much. One more sponsor break, and then we're really going to talk about a living influence out of anger. See you in a minute. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. When a beloved pet crosses the Rainbow Bridge, why not create a living memorial with a BioUrn tree? BioUrn is an affordable green burial option that grows your chosen tree. Pay tribute to your beloved companion with a circle of life memorial that blooms eternal. Your BioUrn kit comes with everything you'll need and is simple to prepare. Good for our planet, for our pets, and for the people who love them. Visit BioEarnForPets.com. B I O U R N, the number four, P E T S.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Boy, I bet y'all are tired of going to a sponsor and coming back. But look, we got good stuff in between all these little sponsors there. And now we're going to talk to one of our sponsors and you're going oh no an infomercial no this is not an infomercial this is a story of taking anger and making living energy into perpetuity and love and so i'd like for us to welcome today lisa brambilla who is um with BioEarn, and she's going to tell us about how she took her anger and changed it and changed the world of pet death into living energy literally, and perpetuity. So, Miss Lisa, if you will tell everybody how you got from where you are to where you are now, I think it is absolutely fascinating. Well, thank you so much, and and I want to thank you for inviting me to be on your show today. You know, let's start out with setting the precedent that I am a diehard pet lover, and I was the kid always coming home with the animal that needed a home. I was the one who found the squirrel that needed a home. I found the rabbit. I found the cat. 
the dogs, and my house was a revolving door of menageries of fur and feathers. And so I grew up loving absolutely every kind of animal I could possibly bring into my home and, and always wanting more. And so this passion for pets and this human-animal bond is something I've had since I was a child. And so as an adult, I found myself uh, working in an industry that I thought I had died and gone to heaven because I was surrounded by pet-loving people in an industry that was all about pets. And I was as happy as a clam. And I, I really didn't think it was going to get any better. And then I got a phone call. And I had recently gone in for my yearly exam, and they wanted to see me again. And I thought, oh, darn it, that's was awfully young. She probably made a mistake, and now I've got to do this again. Darn it all, I'm so busy. All right, I'll go back in. I went back in, and the long and the short of it was I had cancer. So that made me mad, but it made me mad because I obviously had to fight something. So I thought, okay, I'll put on my big girl panties and I'll fight this fight, which I but, did. And, but your anger there, was more, was it at yourself or was it the fact that this was happening to you? It was the fact that this was happening. And, See, and that's like pet it, death. It's like it was a death of a part of your life and a way of being that used to be just like the death of a pet when it leaves Earth. That's right. a part of your and life that gets snatched from you, and so you got a part of your life snatched from you. So what did you do with that well, anger? I went through six and a half months of treatment with surgeries and radiation and, and all the other nonsense that goes along with the big bad C word. And fortunately for me, I had six little furry companions keeping me company throughout my whole ordeal, in addition to my son and my husband. They really kept me grounded, and they kept me focused, and they kept me positive. And, and you know, even if I had a bad day with the medications, the surgeries, or the treatments, I always had them who to jump on my lap every time I'd sit down on the couch and cover me in love and, and reminded me of the big picture. So I thought, okay, you know, I'll get through this. And I did. I got through it. I returned back to work. And that's when I got the second surprise. And this was a job that I loved and lived for and spent 13 years at. And I poured my heart and soul into it. And upon my return to work, I was advised that I really no longer had the capability of performing my job. And I said, well, wait a minute, I had a mastectomy and a lobotomy, I'm good. And they did not agree. So this wonderful career that I had worked hard at, was the rug was basically pulled out from under my feet. I found myself over 50 with no job, highly unemployable. and um, According to them. Well, and according to everybody who wouldn't interview me for a job. You know, I, okay. I, it was very, very difficult for me to get any attention. And, and I used to say, you know, I, I could set myself on fire looking for a fireman to put me out and I could probably just fizzle and burn in the middle of the street. So I spent over a year looking for a job and, and could find nothing. And I finally realized that what I needed to do was create my own opportunity. And I now that's but, like, you know, now we got we to gotta align this now here. That's like when a person loses a pet. You have to create your own attitude surrounding their death. Absolutely, because, you know, you can sit down in a puddle of mud and feel sorry for yourself, and you'll look around, you'll be alone. But if you rally and you overcome whatever obstacle it is, and you, you make the best of it and you shine, then everybody around you will say, hey, that's pretty interesting. And so that's when this next step came into focus. And, you know, another unfortunate message in that a family member was in hospice and was nearing the end of their journey, and my husband went to visit his dad, and one of the things that his dad shared with him was his end-of-life wishes, which was to be cremated upon his passing, and his ashes 
split into eight little boxes and each of us in the family to get one of these boxes. And when my husband came home from this visit with his dad and told me, I looked at my mantle, which was filled with boxes of cremated remains of all of my past pets and family members, and I thought, I don't have room on my mantle for three more boxes of ashes. And now I'm looking, thinking, that's kind of creepy. I've got lots and lots of ashes. I mean, am I a creepy urn hoarding lady? What am I going to do with these? What if I got hit by a bus? What would somebody do with all these? And then I thought, well, I wonder if other people have this problem. So I started talking to all my friends who are pet lovers, and they said, well, yes, indeed. I've got my grandma in the closet, and I've got all my dogs on the mantle, and I've got other ones in another shelf in my library. And I thought, you know what? This is an opportunity. So then I realized this is a problem, and a problem needs a solution, and I'm a big problem-solving girl. So I went to a craft fair, and I saw this Navajo basket, and I thought, that is something that could hold ashes. But what would we do with them? Well, fortunately for us as a family, my husband's father actually came back out of hospice, and he's still with us to this day. And so you don't often get an opportunity to say to somebody, hey, I know I'm going to get your ashes. What do you want me to do with them? But I thought, you know, I'm a pretty direct girl. So I went in and I said, hey, Pop, since I know I'm going to have your ashes, what would you like me to do with them? And he said, well, I don't know. What were you thinking? I said, well, I thought we'd all go camping and spread your ashes in Yosemite. And he said, I always wanted to be a forest ranger, and if you did that, I'd be a tree. And the minute he said that, I had the hair on the back of my neck and my arms. Yeah, the minute you said that, I got chill bumps all over me, which is God bumps. That's it. That's it. We're going to grow a tree with the ashes. So I already saw the Navajo basket, and I knew it would hold the ashes. And so I started experimenting and buying all these different tree seeds. And lo and behold, it was the idea that became BioWord. So that's how the BioWorn became the product that it is today. And it's basically an affordable green burial option. It's a biodegradable handmade cotton basket that comes in a kit. So you have let, everything let, 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 me t- let, let me, I'm going to interrupt you here. Let me tell you from somebody who opens the package. Here's what you get. This is pretty cool. So you're thinking to myself, this is strange. I've ordered a BioWorn, okay, because you're going, mm-hmm. I don't know what this is, but I like the idea behind it. Okay, but you're still inside yourself. If you think, you know, you're a real person, you're still going, I don't care how green this is. This is still strange because I got to put my pet stuff in it. Well, let me tell you, this basket is darling. It is well made. It is lovely. I mean, it's like high end. You're not getting some tacky little something that's thrown out in the back of Walmart. It is a lovely basket. And inside has the cutest, which made me cry, little red heart with paw prints on it. And tell us what that means for those of us who are opening our packages and going, wow, this is just way cool. Well, I have each basket is hand-sewn and handmade, and I have a little red heart at the bottom of the inside of each basket, so I can send a little love to you through my product. I mean, you know, because I'm thinking, you know, when you think about buying something like this, the real world goes, well, hmm. But that just, the minute I saw with the little paw prints, I went, this is fabulous. I mean, I just, you know, it did. It touched my heart. And then you're thinking... Look, I don't want to have to be messing with my ashes and going out there and digging in a garden to put all this stuff together. And let me tell you, there is actually potting soil in here. And you're going, what? So tell people why you did this, because the first thing I think is I don't want to have to go dig out in my garden and get a bunch of dirt to mix with my pet. And then darn if she hadn't already got potting soil in here. So tell us how that came about. 
Well, I have a special mix of potting soil because there's very high levels of alkali in cremated remains, so it could negatively impact a tree seed or anything that's growing. We have different additives added to the potting soil, so it'll counterbalance or really kind of give you a a level pH. How long did it take you to figure, you know, to get this special potting soil? Well, fortunately, my husband grew up working in a greenhouse, so he knows a lot about these kinds of things, and uh, yeah. you know, he's, he's the brains, and I'm the beauty of the operation, so okay. I just think that every day I have him, but uh, he was definitely the person who put that whole thing together and, and made that work for us, but we have everything that you need in the kit, and, and if well, you don't I know, but want I, to... And I your- think that's important, and I want everybody to listen to this. I think this is really important because when you think you're ordering this thing, you're going, well, I really want to do this, but I'm not sure I really want to do this. I really want to do this, but I'm not sure I really want to do this. And then you think it's going to be like icky weird, and it's not. And even so that I don't have to go, you know, go actually dig soil. I mean, it's just like, wow, this is way cool. It doesn't make your heart go, ew. It makes your heart feel like everything about this kit is respecting your pet. Yeah, we'd also include a cotton drawstring bag to hold a pet's ashes. So yep. many people, they don't want to see the ashes. And every veterinarian that I work with says, if you want to bring in your pet's urn, even if there's been a pet sitting on a, on a shelf for 10 years, you can create a bioern memorial tree out of that pet. And you just bring the urn in, the pet will transfer the ashes into the drawstring bag, and that's the first thing that goes into the bioern before you put in the potting soil. And I'll tell you something that, that was interesting that I didn't expect when I created this product. When we created the video that we have on our website showing you step-by-step how to go ahead and prepare and plant your, and your tell, bioern. And tell us your website address so people can see it. It's pretty simple. It's www.bioern and then the number four and the word okay. pet. So it's bioernforpets.com. Okay. And when we created this video, we used our dog, Maka, who had actually been uh, across the Rainbow Bridge for more than eight years. And we used her ashes to go ahead and demonstrate the whole process. And when our son, who is currently 17 years old, when he was about six, that's when we lost Maka, and that was his constant companion. He and that dog were closer than peanut butter and jelly. They were they were two peas in a pod. And when she passed, he was absolutely devastated. And when we used her ashes to create the very first bioren tree that we filmed for our website, he was watching this with an unusual kind of a smile on his face. And what I didn't expect to see is after we finished filming that video, every time that boy goes out to the backyard to do his chores, the first place he goes is to Maka's tree, and he brushes away the leaves and looks to see how big it is, and he turns to the seat to look at me, and he says, Mom, look how big Maka's tree is getting, and instead of walking by her urn with a big grumpy puss on and saying, I miss Maka, now he goes straight out to her tree and has a huge smile on his face, and so it is actually bringing him joy to watch a little piece of her still living with this beautiful tree that we're growing, we have a Chinese orchid tree growing in her memory. And that, if we can give somebody a little bit of joy out of all the grief that you have to experience out of losing a family member, then I'm all for it. And, and well, I, but you know something I, else you left out that I thought way, is way cool is you even have seeds in there to give me a choice of what I want to plant. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yes. We actually offer a wide variety of trees and dwarf trees and even flowering shrubs on our website. Yeah, because I got an azalea in here and a blue spruce. I'm going to pick the blue spruce and a crepe myrtle. Yeah, I give everybody the opportunity to pick the tree that speaks to them. So if, if 
you put in your zip code in the in the uh, in the grow zone finder, and you find out what's going to thrive in your area. Then you pick the tree that's going to work for you, and we send you that seed. And we also have an extra upgrade available on our site, where if you just don't think that you you got a green thumb and you want to start out with a seedling, something that's already growing and it's already a little tiny tree, we can send that to you as well from the Arbor Day Foundation. So we we are really committed to making sure that you have a growing tree in memory of your pet. So there's really well, nothing I like no the fact, and the, but, but that makes your pet basically it makes them long after you're dead and in heaven with them and you're you both of you are in sparkler form you both can sit up in the clouds and look down and go we're making earth better. Absolutely our our motto is bioart is good for our planet, good for our pets and good for the people that love them. Well, that's I hadn't thought of that's pretty good. Now how do you differ from other you know, if I'm going out here and I'm looking, how you differ from other people who offer stuff like this? Well, you know, the other products that we see on there, a couple of them are really for people, so they're much, much bigger and, and almost a foot and a half tall, so you certainly don't want to be digging a hole that big. That's one of the reasons we were offered dwarf trees and flowering shrubs, because there's lots of people that are either renters or they live in a high-rise and they don't have a garden in the backyard, so you can use a decorative planter and, and plant something that's in a nice little decorative pot and take it with you if you move or if you want to have it out on your lanai. But to speak to our competition, we've got a couple competitors that only utilize maybe a teaspoon of the ashes, which really kind of leaves you with the same problem of having this collection on your shelf. So this bioern accommodates the entirety of a pet's ashes. It actually can be made big enough that if you want to be buried along with your pet or you have a family member, like the police officer that uh, that I did business with, she has her canine service dogs all cremated as they cross the Rainbow Bridge, and then she has it written in her will that once she passes, hopefully not soon, but when she does, everybody's ashes will go together in her bioern. She's picked the spot on her parents' farm right by a little lake, and she is going to be a weeping willow tree along with her beloved dogs. Wow, that's pretty strong. Now, veterans have a special thing with you too, don't they? We do. We actually we work with a lot of different foundations. One of them is Wounded Warrior. Uh, we have custom bioorns that we can make for people. Uh, it's a small upcharge if, if well, you have a pet that has a special blanket or if you have a family member that you'd like to get a bioorn for, maybe an uncle who's a veteran. What we do is we wrap the uh, the cording that the bioorn is made from in novelty fabrics to speak to that person's life. So if they were Irish, I can make it all out of shamrock fabric. If they were a veteran, I can make it out of red, white, and blue. If they were a USC uh, alumni, I can use USC fabric. So if you visit my website or my Pinterest page, you'll see a, a wide variety of custom bioorns. I made one especially for breast cancer, Pink Warriors that uh, is all covered in pink ribbons. So whatever somebody wants, I think I can meet that need with a bioren that, that will speak to their life. Now, is this what literally got you as one of the finalists for the women of the year in the pet industry? All this yes. get up and go? Yeah, I think so. I'm kind of relentless. <laughs> we won in the latter part of 2014 uh, Best New Pet Product of the Year by Dog Fancy, which is now called Dogster Magazine. We auditioned for Shark Tank last year in June uh, for Season 6, and we were asked to please come back for Season 7, so uh, hopefully we'll be filming that soon. I'm a finalist. I haven't won anything yet, but I was named as a finalist, which I think is as good as winning. Woman of the Year for Entrepreneur in the Women in the Pet Industry Network. So all of this hard work is paying off. So I think one company's loss is 
everybody else's game because had I not lost my job, I would have comfortably probably still been thinking everything was great. And uh, because of the transition that I went through, I now have got a wonderful product on the market that is hopefully helping pet parents deal with the grief and the loss that they have to experience when their pet has crossed the Rainbow Bridge. And if, if I can make somebody feel a little bit better during that horrible time and that painful time, I'm there to do it. And that is a perfect example of taking the anger from being cast aside, which we really think is the universe redirecting her creativity so that could perpetuate pets into perpetuity forever and ever and ever instead of having her stay where she was. So we are thrilled that you were angry at leaving your job and angry at uh, having your life snatched out from under you by a health issue and re-given to you in another way so that it would allow you to craft a creative thing for pets that will be perpetuity as long when we're all in sparkler form on the other side. And I just think that's just like way cool. Well, thank you. You know, if you do visit my Facebook page, I'd certainly appreciate a few clicks on our votes because we are uh, once again trying to win a 30-second commercial during uh, halftime at Super Bowl. We actually entered that contest when we were only two months young in a new business, and we got all the way to the finals. I think we were we were among the final 250 out of almost a half million businesses that tried out. So we're gonna we're gonna try it again. I'm sure that all of the people whose hearts are grieving appreciate your persistence and appreciate you letting everyone out there know that this is a is available and is viable for perpetuity. And uh, we thank you, I know, with your schedule for uh, being on our show today. Now, how are we going to allow some people to have an opportunity to experience these? I know in my Facebook group, we're going to have a contest and we're going to raffle off one of these wonderful BioEarn products in our group. And how were you going to do it, Lisa? Well, I think I'd, I'd like to see some pictures of people's pets and open up a little a little opportunity for people to, to tell me, you know, how they got through their pet's Passing. transition. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I don't think that the best, I, you know, maybe, I don't know, a picture and a story usually gets me right right in the right spot. So, Well, we will announce these on our Facebook page, and if you're a member of our pet loss group, come on over there because we're going to raffle one off over there also, and we are just so grateful that basically Lisa got mad and changed the world with her product, so... And I think that just—I <laughs> think that just totally sums up our whole program today. Is take your anger, shape shift it, and turn it into love—love love that is perpetual and evergreen. Thanks for listening. Visit me over on YouTube. I look forward to seeing you there. Bye bye bye. Let's talk pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>